0: the short podcast platform.
1: Welcome to The Awakening Code, a new show from Snippet featuring conversations around the process we call awakening and living more consciously and on purpose.
0: This week, we're thrilled to be joined by spiritual practitioner, Spencer Clem. We start off with a conversation about his relationship with his family after leaving their Christian cult. I'm curious about your parents. Do you have siblings? Mm-hmm. And, and what do they think of you now? Mm-hmm. It, it, like, are they still involved in that? Or did they, do they think you're an anomaly? Are you like, <laughs> oh, my gosh, yeah. we don't talk to him anymore? How did that, yeah. how did that play out?
2: Um, they're, all, they're all still very Christian. And I, they have very strong faith, which I respect. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been able to develop great relationships with all of them. And something that was really critical for me was not to forget anything that my parents involved us in, but to completely forgive them and for me to understand that they were doing their best. And that was a, a, a huge moment of healing for me is to accept what they had done and, and that it genuinely was their best and they were fulfilling a higher purpose. And that is a gift that I received that many, many people don't know that is a privilege Mm-hmm. Even though there was destruction involved with it, um, so now I have great relationships with both my, um, both my parents. Uh, actually, my mom tomorrow is going in for stem cell transplant treatment uh, to overcome leukemia, which is really big. But she's been so strong, and she's doing really well. So stayed connected with her throughout all this. Mm-hmm. All of us siblings have stayed connected. However, belief, my personal belief systems, and the life that I've chosen to lead is completely tangential to their way of living and seeing the world. And it, it doesn't really make sense, and, and so it, it's not a, an effort for me to really try to describe to them. Um, but I do feel loved by them, and I do feel uh, respected by them as I return that to them as well. Um, yet I can see that, the, that within the, the belief that there is some moral hierarchy to those belief systems, that will never work for anyone because that will constantly externalize and we'll put that outside of ourselves and, and that will never work uh, in the long run. Um, and so in, in in speaking of the coronavirus and the, the lockdowns, it's really in, in religion and where our society's been, it's all been the perfect peak and ascension and crash for this hero's journey. And like you said, in the hero's journey, the hero's journey has to come almost to the point of fulfilling their destiny and and grasping what's theirs and fail miserably. Therefore, after they fail miserably, if we can fail miserably and be present with it, then we can fully grasp what is inherent to us and what it is that we deserve, which is abundance, which the earth will always provide. The, The joy and peace that we can find when we step into community, step into ceremony, when we step into sound healings or into meditations, we enter into the infinity of who we are and what is always available to us. So, in in with the journey from childhood to military, um, I mean, there's I've had multiple near death experiences. There's been so many extreme things that have happened in my life, and they've all led me back to the same place, which is experientially understanding that fear doesn't resonate anymore. It it doesn't and, and it's okay and if we use fear wisely, it can be our greatest ally. But we're in the time of crisis of of we, it's it's now or never with the planet collectively. Therefore, we failed enough, and I I believe we failed enough, and we failed beautifully, which is really the perfect preparation for what is ahead. So while it may be fearful and it may seem terrifying, it's actually perfect. We're on the perfect timeline. Nothing could be better. It, this is exactly where we need to be individually, collectively. And it's like when you're when you're moving through a portal and you're in the middle and you're you're it's it's scary and it's at breakneck speed and you're twisting and you're twirling and you don't know what's going on. It's just because you're about to break through the other side. Mm. So that's that's where we are is we're in that intensity, we're in that resistance, we're fearful, but really fear does not need to resonate anymore. And there's so much information that's coming into the mainstream and science is backing it. Communities are evolving to support shifting out of fear, out of violence, into clarity, into harmony, into vitality, into resonance. Trust. And trust.
1: Hmm. Were you raised in the in the collective or did you go to public school?
2: Uh, I was homeschooled until my final two years of public high school. That was my in- hmm. in- introduction into the, the world, uh, the, the big wild world. That hmm. was... Uh, So, so through public or through homeschooling and then through reading, we didn't have any television. And then I was, again, very, very blessed to be raised in a forest. And so I was constantly outside creeks, fields. Um, Yeah, I had a really, really connected childhood uh, to outside of entertainment and outside of uh, the public system, but exposed to
1: literature and literature.
2: Yeah, I mean, my, the first book that I really remember reading fully was the original writings of Sherlock Holmes by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. And encyclopedias. I mean, really, that was <laughs> you know, yeah. I that agree. was the first thing
1: I remember. I remember reading <laughs> Peanuts, and you're reading, <laughs> the, but it, yeah, but it's <laughs> Encyclopedia <yeah>. Britannica.
2: <laughs> well, they were like the children's illustrated versions, yeah. you know. So they you see you could actually see what you're reading about. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you're very alternative and again, so many blessings amidst the tragedies as is life, as is the story of us all. It's uh, it's what do we do with it and how do we integrate that and, uh, and show up,
1: show up with that. We'll be right back for more of our conversation with Spencer Clem.
0: Welcome back to the awakening code. Our conversation with Spencer Clem continues. You talk about having several near near death experiences. Is that right? Mm-hmm. I did. Yeah,
2: on on many different levels. Yeah, and and I think the it's more of a respect for death, and an experiential knowing of death. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, some some were very tragic. One was a drug overdose. Um, another one was giving up my spirit, my will to live. Um, and then another one was a Physic physically dying. Um, so the first the first one that I experienced was a physical actual death where I my body stopped my heart stopped beating and I was gone, and I was brought back. That was during the training, um,
0: in the air force, air force training. Mm-hmm.
2: And that one was a uh, that was the f- a different exp- very different experience because uh, there was a, a choice to come back. Um, yet since there was so much intensity around me uh, that was going on. Um, the choice to come back was almost an obligation because I knew that I, I hadn't even begun to fulfill what I was there to do. And also I felt a sense of obligation, not only from the military, but where I was. Um, so that that was that was the first one uh, that I experienced. The, sec- the second near-death experience that I had um, is just a full psychotic breakdown, just totally psychologically done. Distr- in full distress, Were and you still in the military? Still in the military at this point? Yeah. And before I had found any therapy really dove into the truth of who I am. Being in that state of, and it's it's very normal to be in that state of of psychologically just being ready to go. And so the place that I went to in that space was it was a very different place because again there was a choice, a very clear choice to return, um, yet. It was I was so disconnected. It was so disconnected, and so visually in what my body was was feeling. Um, Again, I just knew that it wasn't my time. But I was so disconnected. Yet, what the 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 biggest lesson was again, I had the choice. Um, Come to the next near death experiences was a physical overdose where I I was in having completely overloaded my system, and I was in a space where. I was, I was laying on a bathroom floor. Again, there was so little motivation to live. My, my will to live was absolutely gone because where I was in my life, where I was in the military, I knew it was so wrong, so disconnected, so far off, and I didn't know how to return. I didn't know how to get out of that space, and so that's what the substances were. That's what that allowed me to experience, and then I just overloaded myself. Yet in that space, there was a, a, a knowing and in a way a voice that I spoke, which was if I don't get up off this floor and go drink water, and there's an orange sitting there. If I don't eat that orange and drink that water, I'm gone. I will, my, my spirit will leave my body. And so it was me finding that and receiving that inspiration and choosing to get up to have the will to live and nourish myself. Um, So then, fast forward from all of those experiences coming forward. Um, well, throughout my whole life, I, from stem from firefighting when I was younger, I had a fear of dying young in a car wreck, and I just always knew that I was going to die young in a car wreck. And so, throughout all of those experiences, I knew it wasn't my time, and they were all of those experiences were reflections of where I wasn't at that time. So where I went, you could say, after death, was a reflection of where I was energetically. Yet each time, it was a choice to return to fulfill. My path um, so having this fear throughout my entire life that or knowing as well that I was gonna die young in a car wreck um, I was driving a car one day and I look up in the rear view and a truck is barreling down behind me and then immediately it clicked it's like oh yeah this is it here it is Wow. and so having gone through so many of those other experiences having chosen to come back there was no fear I didn't have any fear so I just sat back into the seat and let it happen and in that space of the collision and being rear-ended. But having that the experiences in, in the past to prepare me, it allowed me to fully surrender into the moment. So that's why I wouldn't say that I don't have a fear of death. It's an experiential knowing of how to fully surrender in the face of death. Mm. And that's what we all seek. Because if we can do that, then we can really be fully alive. And that's what we're really here to be, is fully alive. People, I don't believe people are afraid of death. They don't really know how to fully live. Mm. So they project that fear onto death. So then religions create rewards, and the religions will, will say that you work to receive something after you die, which just disconnects us that what we are here right now is we are experiencing heaven through the pain and through the pleasure. So if we can really fully surrender... In the moment of crisis really fully surrender in a moment of collision and trauma and in being in absolute distress then we will find the peace the heaven the holy grail that is that is eternally within us and so in writing the book in in relationship in community that's really the, the message is um, returning to the home and the heaven that's here in this moment that we can cultivate it that we're all connected and the way to connect is to fully surrender um, into, into the truth of who we are. And, and in that way, that's what led me to, to, to not obviously believing in violence to resolve, resolve conflict. That's the most absurd thought. Mm-hmm. Um, because to, to use violence, to solve violence, you become the thing that you're fighting. And that is the, there's no surrender, there's no peace, there's no freedom there's absolutely no freedom in fighting ever, so yeah, the, those experiences have have been my greatest teachers and lessons for me to remember and to return home, and and that's why the, with my clients that I work with through the mentorship and through the nonprofit, and and that's the message is that we are all here having this experience. We are seeking actively to fully be alive. Um, and so really, a, a fear of death is, is misplaced.
1: I want to close just real quickly We're, to talk about what Christ and Christ consciousness and Jesus means to you that you grew up in a what you describe as a Christian cult. Mm-hmm. Is Jesus still looming in your life or in what way? or
2: As, as, a, as a respect for the message and what he transmissioned without the uh, with what was attached to it, right? the religion came after the man, yeah, yeah, so there's tremendous respect and and he is, in my view, a quintessential embodiment of the divine and the masculine, the divine masculine. Yet when it comes to the the religious affiliation or the context for me to understand that, it's it it he he tapped into the truth of who we all are, free from the religious teaching of who that is. And But then that, in a way, has led me to discovering even more ancient teachings and more ancient ways of living, which one would be a prophecy from the Incan elders um, around the year 1500, and they said that uh, an era of darkness would come for 500 years, mm. and that during this era of darkness there would be destruction, consumption, and everything that we now know is, is happening. But that, that, that would end after 500 years, and that time is ending. It's now. Um, because after they, the elders delivered the prophecy, the Spaniards came, the Conquistadors came in 1532, which began the reign of the darkness. Um, and so the prophecy said that whenever the eagle of the north and the northern tribes merges with the condor of the su- southern tribes, which is a, a reflection of masculine and feminine energy, of, of the, 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 in, the energy of production, of, milita- uh, of American corporate production and the benefits that that can provide and the, the southern condor and the abundance and the jungles and the heart of the earth and, and the, the Amazon. And when those two cultures merge, then, then we will know lasting peace when the masculine and feminine come back into connection and r- we reconcile that and we reconcile that within ourself, we reconcile that within our relationships, then we will know lasting peace. And so that's, for me, that's what inspired the creation of the business Soaring Eagle Wellness is to take the eagle energy and to get us soaring, to really reach our fullest expansion and to really soar and meet the condor of the South that's been waiting for us and ready for us all along. Mm-hmm. They, they understand, they are connected. Um, and and th- these stories go back farther than Jesus' story. Oh, of course. Right. And so and and so that Jesus, for me, is, is a divine uh, example of the divine masculine individual. Indigenous communities show us how that divinity interacts with the whole.
1: Thank you for tuning in to The Awakening Code. Next week, we speak with Ray Indigo, and we hope you'll join us then.